In 2015, eight terrorists entered a Radisson Hotel in Africa, and they took all 170 guests hostage. They began killing off the hostages one by one, and their plan seemed to be going perfectly. Little did they know, someone was on their way to stop them, and they didn't stand a chance. So stick around to the end of this episode to learn about the craziest hero known as Kyle Morgan. Welcome to the Truly Terrifying Show. If you like stories about crime, killers, and mystery, then this is the spot for you. If you want to see exclusive photos and videos from the cases, then make sure to check out our YouTube channel. We also post some additional content on TikTok and Instagram, so if that interests you, go check it out. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be covering one of the most incredible, heroic stories I have ever heard. The other week, I was looking through YouTube and watched an interview with Kyle Morgan on The Sean Ryan Show. And it is incredible. It's a five hour long video, so if you want to check that out, go ahead. But this one's going to be a more condensed version, just going over the facts and the true story of the case. I cannot stress enough how incredible this story is. It is truly amazing, so make sure to stick around to the end of the video. Also, I just have to thank you guys so much. Our YouTube channel has been growing so fast and it keeps me so motivated. I love that you guys are supporting me, so thank you so, so much. As per usual, there will be some mature subject matter in this episode, so viewer discretion is advised. So let's get straight into the story of America's hero, Kyle Morgan. Kyle Morgan was born in 1984 in Central Florida. His mother said that from the second he could walk, he wouldn't sit still. He'd be climbing on the windowsills and running around the house, and she'd chase after him trying to calm him down. To keep him busy, Kyle was put into football, baseball, and basketball at five years old. He enjoyed the team aspect of organized sports, and it kept him busy. As he grew up, Kyle began moving frequently because his parents' families lived on opposite sides of the U.S. Because of this, he struggled with gaining any concrete friends and really finding out who he was as a person. Once he started school, he found it impossible to focus and he didn't do very well. Once he got to high school, he started skipping classes and his GPA got so low that he got kicked off the football team. He felt lost, and at this time, his parents were becoming verbally and physically abusive with each other, so Kyle felt as if he didn't have any positive role models in his life. All he was focused on at that point was girls and booze, and as a result, he was arrested twice, once for shoplifting and once for underage drinking. It was clear that he needed to change something with his lifestyle and he needed to do it fast. Between his junior and senior year of high school, Kyle became closer with one of his teachers, an army veteran who had served in the Ranger Regiment. His teacher saw something in him and was there for Kyle whenever he needed it. His teacher became a positive role model and would frequently show Kyle old pictures from when he served in the army, which Kyle thought was awesome. One day, he sat down Kyle and told them that at this rate, he wasn't going to graduate if he continued down the path. 
This pushed Kyle to start going to his classes, and he quickly pulled his life together. Near the end of his senior year, Kyle was in class when 9-11 happened. At first, he couldn't believe it was real. Soon after the attack, though, he talked to his teacher and went to an army recruiter to join the fight. Because he had a criminal history, he was interviewed by an army colonel who he had to convince he was worthy of joining the military. Three months later, he was already on his way to basic training. At the time, he knew nothing about the army. All he knew was that he wanted to defend the country against terrorism. He joined the 82nd Airborne, which is America's Guard of Honor. He was the only new guy for a long time and was subject to tons of hazing, and at one point was reconsidering his choices. Despite this, he kept at it and worked super hard. Kyle was physically and mentally abused by superiors. He said that it taught him the difference between a good leader and a bad leader. In his first deployment to Iran in 2003, he was shocked. Because America was in the early stages of the war, instead of the highly coordinated missions he had envisioned, it felt as if his division was bait. He recalled that they would frequently strap cargo boxes full of rocks and sand to vehicles as armor and would sit in them in enemy territory practically waiting to get lit up. He would ask his superiors what the mission is and they would simply say, this is just what we do. It was at this point that Kyle realized that America's presence in Iran alone helped to deter violence. In this first deployment to Iran, Kyle would watch many of his friends kill and get killed, which ultimately changed him as a person. Seeing death for the first time made him realize that in war, both the good guys and the bad guys die. In 2004, after he got back from Iran, Kyle, who was now 19, snuck into a club with some of his buddies. It was there that he met his wife. A year later, they had gotten married and would have their first child soon after. Throughout all this, Kyle had been identified as a talent and was being groomed to become a Special Forces member. He was undergoing vigorous tactical training but was worried about missing the birth of his daughter. It was at this time that he began seriously considering leaving the army. He thought back to all the deaths that he had seen in Iran and knew that if he continued, it was very likely that he was going to die as well. Despite this, Kyle decided that regardless, he would die one day and he would want to go out fighting for his family, his country, and those who had fought before him. Over the following years, Kyle would continue training, complete dive school, and complete some other Special Forces training. He then chose to join the 7th Special Forces Group, which was responsible for foreign international defense, counterterrorism, and many other complex operations. Over the following years, he would go on multiple deployments with his group, working in Iran to flush out the Taliban. They would move village to village, pushing the Taliban farther and farther back. These missions were extremely dangerous. Not only was the group on the front lines of battle with limited numbers, 
but the Taliban would also set up explosive booby traps designed to kill soldiers. Once again, he bore witness to even more deaths and the brutality of the terrorist forces. After almost a decade of special forces work, Kyle had been chosen to join an elite group called the Delta Force. Delta Force is kind of like Navy SEALs. They are comprised of the most elite members of the army and complete highly secretive and important missions. In 2015, Kyle was on a solo deployment in Africa, tasked with protecting and developing relationships at and around the U.S. Embassy. The rest of his team was deployed elsewhere, and he was the one forced to put on a suit and be a face for Delta at meetings. Meanwhile, he would sneak away as frequently as possible to practice at the shooting range. Despite the boring nature of the job, Kyle kept a duffel bag with him at all times which contained a helmet, a vest, an assault rifle, and a pistol. On the morning of November 20th, patrons at the Radisson Blue Hotel in Mali were awoken by the sound of screaming. Eight heavily armed men had entered the building and begun killing people. Kyle was called immediately and alerted of the situation. Surprisingly, they were not asking him to go help. Instead, they were asking him to go next door and talk to the general who they couldn't seem to get a hold of. Kyle went next door and knocked on the door. There was no answer, so he let himself in, and inside, the general was in his boxers on the phone. He tried to get the general's attention, but the general waved him off. Frustrated, Kyle yelled at the general, telling him that there was a situation they needed to take care of. As it turns out, the general was actually on the phone with members of his security team who were living in the hotel nearby. They had barricaded themselves in their room and they could hear gunshots slowly moving through the hallways. Kyle immediately asked the general if he could have the phone numbers of the men so that he could find out where they were. At first, the general refused to give them the numbers. He asked Kyle why he would even need them, and Kyle told him, Well, I'm going to go help them. Someone needs to help them. There's no one here to help. And the general was shocked. He said, Are, You'd actually do that? Why would you do that? To this, Kyle replied that he had the ability to save them, so therefore he had the responsibility. Meanwhile, at the hotel, the terrorists had begun trying to light the entire building on fire. They had barricaded doors and piled up wood to light on fire. The American embassy got a frantic call from a U.S. citizen who was trapped in the building. He was hiding under a table in the dining room and the entire room was burning around him. He didn't know what to do so he was calling for help, screaming that he was going to get burnt alive. The embassy immediately contacted Kyle and told him that they needed his help. Luckily, he had been given the phone numbers from the general and was already on his way to the hotel. The reason this particular hotel was subject to an attack is because of its proximity to various international embassies. This meant that there were tons of Westerners in there and it was an easy target for terrorists. On his way to the hotel, Kyle reached out to every phone number he was given and took note of their room number and location, trying to make a map of the hotel. When he got there, the front door was entirely boarded up, so he had to go through a side entrance. Once inside, Kyle navigates his way through multiple hallways until he finds himself in the main foyer of the hotel.
what he sees before him is shocking. There are bodies strewn everywhere, all around the floor and up the two spiral staircases. Additionally, there are fires lit all around, causing his lungs to fill with smoke. There was so much going on that Kyle couldn't even focus. It was true sensory overload. After a couple seconds, he snapped back into it and decided to make his way to the dining hall. He had no map and no one to help him, so he was basically walking around aimlessly trying to find it. But, to his luck, he found it right away. He burst through the doors but was met with a wall of smoke. It filled his lungs and he couldn't breathe. He was coughing so bad he had to leave. He called the embassy and asked for the phone number of the man who was trapped inside. That way, he could figure out where he was and try to hold his breath when he went to get him. He figured out the location of the man, he covered his mouth, and he began crawling through the door. He found his way to the table where the man was located, and he grabbed him, threw him over his shoulder, and ran out of there. Kyle then began systematically moving through the floors and breaking down doors to see if the shooters were inside. When he would confirm they were regular citizens, he would help them get out and then move on to the next room. Although the embassy currently didn't have any backup for him, they tried to help in any way they could. They arranged multiple vans to come pick up survivors and bring them back to the embassy where they'd be safe. After he finished clearing multiple floors, he made his way into an emergency stairwell and was going upwards to the next floor. Halfway up, he looked up to see the barrel of a gun. He had run straight into the gunman. They're only a couple stairs apart, and they instantly start unloading their guns, firing at each other. Kyle moves back down the stairs, and the gunman moves back up the stairs, and they both find cover. Miraculously, Kyle didn't get hit at once, but, unfortunately, neither did the gunman. With a surge of adrenaline, Kyle began running up the stairs, screaming at them, trying to be as intimidating as possible, but he stopped dead in his tracks when he hears the familiar sound of a grenade pin being pulled. It trickles down the stairs right in front of him, and he starts to run away from it, but it goes off blowing him several feet backwards. For the next couple seconds, Kyle is blinking in and out of consciousness and can't seem to get up. But he reminds himself that he's the only person that can help, so he pulls himself to his feet and continues up the stairs. But as he turns the corner, he is once again just narrowly missed by a frag grenade, and he is sent back onto the ground. It's at this point that Kyle realizes there's no way he can possibly do this alone. So he cautiously makes his way down the stairs until he's safe, and he calls the embassy, asking them if there's anybody who can possibly help him. Soon after, they had put together a ragtag team of security members, guards, and really anybody who could help out Kyle. Though many of them couldn't even speak English, Kyle decided it'll have to do. He leads his new group of men into the hotel and strategically places them at every entrance, stairwell, and any place that the gunmen could escape from. This would effectively push the gunmen up to the top floor of the hotel and therefore would limit the amount of people who would get hurt. 
With his team now blocking all the exit points, Kyle is then able to continue moving through the floors and helping civilians get out. Unfortunately, Kyle would often find deceased bodies in some of the rooms. He would later find out that the gunmen were knocking on the doors pretending to be civilians, and then they would murder the people inside. It's at this point that Kyle gets a call from the embassy letting him know that one of his former teammates, who was stationed in a neighboring country, had been working with a French assault team and they were on their way. They arrived quickly by helicopter at around 1pm. This meant that Kyle had been in the hotel for almost 6 hours already. Having already cleared almost every single citizen from the hotel, Kyle connected with the group and they decided they were going to go locate the gunmen. Not knowing any of the team's strategies, Kyle got put at the back of the group, which he was fine with, especially considering he had been in there for six hours alone. The new team made their way into the hotel and up to the upper floors. When they got near the top, they began exchanging gunfire with someone up ahead. Little did they know, the person that they were exchanging fire with was one of the security guards who had been paired up with Kyle earlier on in the day. Because Kyle was at the back, he didn't know who they were shooting at and wasn't able to let the group know that that person was on their side. Before Kyle could realize, the security guard actually hit one of the French members in the helmet. Luckily, the French assault team member was only injured and Kyle was able to recognize the security guard. They regrouped and decided to move Kyle up to the front to avoid any other incidents. When they got to the top floor, they found the eight gunmen all barricaded in a storage room. This would make it extremely difficult for them because it meant there was only one entrance. They broke through the first door and realized that the gunmen had retreated to the closet at the back of the storage room. They began exchanging fire and they threw everything they possibly could at the gunmen, but any time they turned the corner, they'd be shot at relentlessly. Knowing there was no way they could get around it because there was only one entrance, they grabbed a shield and began going straight into the line of fire. As they made their way through the door, the man holding the shield was shot right in the arm and it shattered his entire forearm. Luckily, he was able to keep hold of the shield and they made it far enough into the room where they could get more cover. Now that they were close enough, they were able to throw a grenade into the room, which took out most of them. Despite this, there were still a couple alive and they were shooting. In a sudden surge of adrenaline, Kyle burst into the room and picked off the last couple, thus ending the attack. Kyle ended up staying at the hotel for a couple hours just making sure that everyone was out safely. A couple days later, he would return and he took the door that they had barricaded themselves behind and he'd actually end up making that door into a beer pong table at his house. Whenever someone would ask Kyle why he did it, he once again said, I had the ability to save those people, and therefore I had the responsibility to save them. I just want to end this story saying thank you to Kyle for your service. It's absolutely incredible what you did. It's such an amazing story, and I can't believe I had the honor to tell it. Thanks again for watching this episode of the show. If you liked it, 
please give it a five star rating. It seriously helps us so much. Also, if you want to see any pictures or videos from this case, go check out our YouTube channel. Also, have you guys seen those really crazy videos of people going in super small caves? Well, that's my biggest fear. So if either my YouTube short or my TikTok get over a million likes, I will face my biggest fear and try going in one of those caves. So if you want to make me do that, just search The Truly Terrifying Show on either TikTok or YouTube. Thanks again for watching, guys. We'll see you next week.